How many love Jesus? I mean, that sounds good right there. This morning, the Bible says this, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Verse 18, bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples, and his disciples gave them to the people. In verse 20, this is awesome. And they ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Why don't we go ahead and pray this morning. Lord, we thank you for um, the privilege of being in your house. And Lord, right now I pray, Lord, if there's any distraction or anything that would try to hinder us from hearing this message, I pray right now we will leave it down at the altar, God. I bind the enemy, every strategy, God, that would try to distract us, divert us, Lord. And I pray right now, Lord, that your name would be glorified, that your name would be uplifted. I pray right now if there's anyone in this place that doesn't know you, Lord, that they'll leave this place knowing you, God. I pray that even the workers who are involved today, Lord, that you would refresh them, Lord, that you would bless them, God, by your power and by your anointing, God. And we thank you, Lord, that there's victory inside of your name, God. And I pray right now, Lord God, that I would decrease and that you would increase in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. I'm, I'm reading this text, and you think about five loaves and two fish going to feed so many people. That's like the modern-day equivalent of maybe getting five large fries and maybe getting um, two fish fillets and coming, you know, here to church. And maybe about 10 years ago, I think I could have ate all of that. And we know one thing about men is how many of us know that men like to eat? Men can eat, right? And even there's some women that can eat. But this morning, how many of us know that these men were there and they, they wanted, you know, they wanted to eat. People were talking about going away. But what happened was Jesus said, don't send them away. Send them here and let's pray for this food. And this morning we have about 900 people here, maybe about 800 people. But imagine us feeding everyone with five large fries and two fish fillets. Do you think that's possible? Some of you guys are going, no, not even the platform. Not even the first row, not even the second row. I, I think there's many of us that can eat that all by ourselves. But in the hands of Jesus, Jesus multiplied it. Some scholars, they say that there was up to 15,000 people there at this meeting. Maybe 20,000 people there at this meeting. And Jesus provided for them all. This morning, that's the God that we serve. A God who provides for us all. Now, thinking about our life, the things that God has blessed us with inside of our life, how many of us know that God has given us gifts for his kingdom and for his glory? And so the gifts that God, is king, that God has given us are to be used for his glory and honor to build up the church of God, to build up the church. And you and I, we know that we are the... Okay, let's try that. We'll go to this side. On the count of three, I want you to say we are the church. Are you ready? One, two, three. That's pretty good, okay. So now we're gonna go to this side. First service, I think they were asleep. We're gonna go to this side. On the count of three, 
We are the church. One, two, three. Now let's say that as a church. On the count of three. One, two, three. One more time. One more time. Oh my gosh, demons are trembling on Imperial Highway. Why? Because the church of Jesus Christ is rising up and saying, you know what? I know who I am. I am the church, the Inglesia of Jesus Christ. What is our calling as a church? Well, New Harvest Christian Fellowship, Norwalk, we do have a calling, and it's to establish, to edify, and enlarge a caring community of spirit-filled believers that will glorify the Lord Jesus, advance the kingdom of God, provide a redemptive influence in the world around them, and lastly, prepare the next generation to do the same. Now, you being here this morning, you know that you're part of the church, but I want to ask you a question, a very important question. What has God called you to do in this church? You're part of the body. You're, you're part of the body of Christ. What has God called you to do in the church? He's called us to advance his kingdom. He's called us to glorify his name. He's called us to what? To raise up another generation of young people who will serve the Lord. And that's what we see taking place here in our church. We see another generation coming up saying, you know what? I'm going to serve God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my strength. And we see God doing amazing things in every single generation represented in our church. See, the only way that you and I can serve God, have you ever thought about it? People say, well, how can I serve God? Well, the only way that you and I can serve God is by serving others. That's the only way. Have you ever thought about that? Like, you know, how can I, God, how can I do something great for you? How can I do something awesome for you? The only way that you and I can serve God is by serving others. And we can do that today. This morning, there was an awesome word of prophecy after the first service. And the word of prophecy, what it said was going and telling someone about the Lord. Going out. And you and I, we can all do that today. We can all tell someone the good news. Even in this place, I encourage you to go up to somebody you don't know and show them the love of Christ. Someone you don't know, get, you know, get out of, get out of you know, your comfort zone. Get out of, get out of you know, maybe uh, the people that you hang around and go, go up to someone you don't know and show them the love of Jesus Christ and let them know that you care about them. Let them know maybe they need prayer. You can pray with them. Maybe you can show them around the church, show them the different ministries that we have. Befriend them. Become their friend. And I want to tell you, you are serving the kingdom of God by serving others. So awesome. It's so awesome that God has given us that privilege. People say, well, I don't know what to do. No, God has called every single one of us to serve. I like what Billy Graham said. He said, when we come to Christ, we're no longer the most important person in the world. Christ is. Instead of living for ourselves, we have a higher goal to live for Jesus. How many want to live for Jesus? You know what? When we came to the Lord, we were all about ourselves, right? We were all about, you know, just all about me. But when we came to Jesus, it became all about him now. God, how can I glorify your name? How can I give your name praise and glory? And this morning, I want to talk about three things that will help you and I to serve and help us to go to that place that God has called us to be. Now, what I want you to do first, before we get into the first point, is I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to tell them, are you ready to serve? 
And what we're gonna do, we're gonna do a little thing this morning. If you're here today and you serve in some capacity in our church, whether it's in nursery or whether you go to outreach or whether, or, or whether you serve in the Royal Rangers or whatever capacity, I want you to do something. I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Wow. Wow. Look at that. All, all you people are serving. And you know what I want to do? I want everyone else just to let's give them a clap and let's thank them for all their service. Let me say this, you are what? You are blessing us. You are blessing us by your service, by what you're doing. And this morning, the first point is this, seeing the need. There are so many needs around us, and our involvement makes a, pro a profound difference in the lives of others. The Bible says in verse 15, it says, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Jesus said, you know what? You give them something to eat. You meet the need. But the disciples, they seen the need. And they went to Jesus and said, Jesus, you know what? We're, we're kind of out in a remote place. And said, Jesus, it's getting really late. And you know what? Why don't you just send these people away? But if we bring that to our lives, to, our, to, to modern day today, how many of us know that it's getting late? Christ is coming soon. You know, we see what's going on in the world today. I mean, um, we need to be awake. We need to be ready. We need to be praying. We need to be a church that is praying and seeking the will of God because, you know what, we can't get so boggled down with the worries of life and just focusing ourselves. We need to open our eyes and say, Jesus, let me be ready for your return. Let me be ready, God. Let me not waste any opportunities to share the gospel with somebody else. See, the Bible says this in the book of Romans, chapter 13, verse 11. Paul, he's speaking to the church of Rome, and he says this, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. I want you to tap the person next to you and say, wake up. Hey, brother over there, you need to wake up. I'm just playing. You know, I'm used to preaching to uh, people who are asleep. I'm used to preaching to chairs. I can preach. You know, God has given me the grace to preach. You, you know, no one phases. You know, you know what? I preach for God's glory. I preach for his honor. I'm, you know, if you accept it or reject it, it doesn't matter to me as long as I preach it, what God's given me. And this morning, I want to say one thing. With that attitude, it comes by the grace of God. It's only God's grace that I serve. And why do I serve? Because I know time's short. I know God's coming soon. I know that he's given me a calling. And my calling is what? I remember when I was 11 years old, my calling was to play the drums. I started playing the drums at my dad's church. I think I started learning when I was about six or seven years old. I started playing the drums. And then when I was old enough, I think I was 18, I became an usher. And then all of a sudden I was an usher and a drummer. So I was doing both of those ministries. And then me and my wife got married when I was 20. And then we became Sunday school teachers. And then we became uh, youth leaders when we were about 21. And then we became, uh, we helped out in Celebrate Recovery. And then we started doing a Bible study. And then when we were 24 years old, then we went out to pastor a church right after the Bible study. The Bible study started growing. But all my life, I've been serving God. All my life, I've seen the blessings of God over my life. All my life, I've seen God do tremendous things inside my life. 
And when I'm 90 years old and me and Pastor Ruben are walking in here to church and we're walking in here, I know that there's going to be a new, you know, a new generation preaching the gospel, but we'll be in the back and maybe we'll be opening the doors for people to come in at a different, bigger facility because we're going to serve God. You need to serve God till the day that you breathe your last breath and die. You need to serve the Lord Jesus Christ because he's been so good. Serving Jesus for the long haul. There's no retirement in the kingdom of God. You know what? I don't see the word retire in the Bible. I've read it a couple of times, and it's not there. You know, you think about Caleb, you know, and Joshua. They were 80 years old, and, you know, they go into the promised land, and, and Caleb tells Joshua, he says, you know what? I remember 40 years ago, God gave me this promise that I was going to enter into the promised land, and I am just as strong as this day as I was back then. I'm still going to serve Jesus. I'm still going to go forward for God. I still got the same strength. Why? Because I know that my God is with me and he gives me strength. Tap someone to the left of you and say, you know, God's going to give you strength to make it to the finish line. Man, you go to the 50-plus gatherings, those people are partying for Jesus. You know, there's more action than the young adults. <laughs> Jojo, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. It gets pretty lit at the young adult service on Friday night, I got to tell you. <laughs> this morning... God has given you five loaves and two fish. Everyone say five loaves, two fish. Everyone say two fish and five loaves. No one here is empty-handed. No one this morning is here empty-handed. The first loaf I want to talk about that God has given you is our love for God. Our love for God. Everything that we do is because we love God. We love God. When we do ministry, we don't do it because, you know, we're going to get a pat on the back or recognition, but we do it because we love God. And that's the sustaining force that keeps us going. We have that loaf of our love for God. Another thing, another loaf, um, but let me just say this about our, our, our love for God, is this, if we're not doing things driven out of love, it's going to become mundane and, and tiring. Because when you love somebody, you're willing to do anything for them. For example, when I'm at home and I see the dirty dishes, whenever they're dirty, my kids are just making all kinds of dishes, and I say, you know what, I love my wife, so I'm going to go wash the dishes for my wife, even though I hate to wash dishes. But it's my love that compels me to wash those dishes, my love for my wife that compels me to do that. Now, same thing with ministry. When I, when I do my ministry, whatever it is, whatever capacity it is, I do it because I love Jesus. That's why I do it. And uh, that's why you do it, right? You do it because you love Jesus. Because if we're not doing it because we love the Lord, you and I, we're going to want to give up. How come they didn't tell me I did a good job? How come I didn't get a pat on the back? How come this didn't happen, that didn't happen? How come the blah, 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 blah? But when you do it because you love Jesus, you're there early. When you do it because you love Jesus, you're, you're there late. When you do it because you love Jesus, you know what? You're there with a smile on your face and you're doing it to the best of your ability. Even if your Relate Home group only has three people, you're right there bringing that Bible study like you're Billy Graham. When you do it unto the Lord, but if you do it unto yourself or you do it unto your leader, you're going to be like, ah, ah, ah. But when you do it unto Jesus, and for his glory and his honor, 
it changes everything. This morning, there's an undercover boss in the place. And how many of you ever watch Undercover Boss? When, you know, that person, you're like, please don't say nothing bad. Please work hard. Please work hard. Your boss is there. And they're right there complaining. Oh, my gosh, I hate my job. They're right there stealing, and the boss is just watching them. <laughs> and, you know, they're right there. You know, they're just talking when they should be working. But then you have those others who are there, and they have a sad story, but they're there working hard. They're there, they're there, there for early and they don't even know that their boss is right there beside them. And they're speaking with respect and they're speaking with all their heart. We're like, oh man, these people are going to get paid. These people are going to get paid at the end of the show. This is going to be good for them. But this morning, there's an undercover boss here at New Harvest Norwalk. Walking through the halls, walking through the sanctuary, walking through the parking lot. And his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. And although you're working and you say, man, I, I don't see what's going on, I want to say there's an undercover boss watching you even when you don't think anyone's watching you. There's an undercover boss seeing you when you stay here late and when you toil and all the things that you do for, for God's kingdom, when you tell people about the Lord. There's an undercover boss that goes to your home and sees what you say and sees what you do. There's an undercover boss and his name is Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that someday when we die and we go to be with the Lord or the rapture comes and we're caught up in the sky to meet the Lord, where there's going to be a meeting with us and the undercover boss. And right there, the Bible says that you and I, that he's going to say, what did you do with the gifts that I've given you? With your talents and with your time and with your energy and all those things. But you know what I want to hear? I want to hear seven words. I want to hear seven words. And these seven words that I want to hear, these seven words that you want to hear. And these seven words are, well done, Thy good and faithful servant. Those are the seven words that you want to hear on that day. That when you stand before the Lord, God's not going to ask you how successful you were. God's not going to ask you, you know, how much money you make. God's going to ask you, did you do what I called you to do in obedience? And those words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Those are the seven words that you and I want to hear as people of God, as people that are called as a royal priesthood, as people that are called out of darkness into light. Those those are the words that you and I want to hear. Do we got any servants of the Lord in this place? Another loaf is our exampleship. People are watching. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. Your exampleship matters. Another thing is our experiences, our life experiences, training others from the gifting that God has given to us in our life, that God has blessed us with, using our giftings, our experience in life to have a redemptive influence on earth. The Bible says in Acts chapter 7, verse 22, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. Before Moses went to the wilderness to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, God had taken them to Pharaoh's house to train them, to educate them, to get them ready for what God was going to do in his side of his life. Number four, another loaf that God has placed in our hand. This is a loaf that many of us overlook. Many of us don't want to even have this loaf in our life. Many of us are like, that's a loaf that I don't want to bring to the table. It's your past mistakes and failures. The past mistakes and your failures can be used to encourage others and to be a catalyst 
to what? Encourage you forward. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2, verse 25, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts, and the locust swarm. My great army that I sent among you, you will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be put to shame. Man, that's awesome. God will restore the years the locusts have eaten. Redemption, blessing, encouragement, that you're able to share your story, that you're able to, to, to share your past failures and what happens. People are blessed. The last loaf I want to talk about is your time. Using our time for the glory of God. See, all of us here today, God's given us 24 hours for the day. 24 hours. But using our time, not just vegging on YouTube. You're not just, you know, just being consumed with this and consumed with that. But using our time for the glory of God. Using our time for his kingdom. Using our energy for his kingdom. You and I were stewards of the time that God's given us. Especially, you know, when, when people say, you know what, I'm really drained out. And I'm really drained out in my ministry. And I have, you know, these different ministries. But let me ask you this. What are you doing with your time when you're not ministering? Are you spending time with Jesus? Are you praying? Are you reading? Are you starting off your day in the presence of God where you're saying, God, Lord, let me hear your voice. Lord, recharge me, refresh me. Because how many of us know that we're refreshed in the presence of God? Man, there's blessings that come when you and I are in God's presence. There's a, an anointing that comes inside of our life. There's a a strength that God gives us for the day. How many of us know this? I want to say this, is that every day we need God's anointing for that day, for that day. And the way you and I get that anointing is not by checking emails first thing. We don't get that anointing by posting a picture of ourselves on Instagram. This is my wake-up face. Woke up like this. You don't, get, you don't get anointing by lying first thing. <laughs> Some of you caught that. Um, you, we don't get anointing by, you know, watching, you know, the news first thing. You and I, we get a refreshing by being in his word, by opening our day in prayer, by opening our day saying, God, let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven today. Lord, I pray for your wisdom your anointing and your peace to be a blessing in my life. Lord, I know, God, that I'm going to put you first. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So if you're here today and you're burnt out, I want you to look at your day. How do you spend the beginning of your day? Time. All right, so now we're going to go to the two fish. How many are ready for the two fish? Wonder, what are these two fish? Okay, the two fish are what Jesus has called us to do and what we're created to do. So we're going to put a verse up on the screen right now. And the verse is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. The Bible says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God had prepared in advance for us to do. How many of you got that? So we're all going to get it while we say it as a church. I'm going, to be, I'm going to begin, and you repeat after me. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, 
to do good works which God had prepared in advance for us to do. So every single one of us here, God has called us to serve. Every single one of us, God has designed you, God has created you to serve. The first fish I'm gonna talk about is your calling, your calling in life. And you, you, some people say, well, how do I find my calling? You know, one of the ways that I've, I've found my calling is just by prayer. Seeking the Lord, Lord, you know, speak to my life. Giving time to wait on the Lord, praying, saying, God, speak to my life. And God begins to show me things inside of my life, begins to show me what I'm called to do. Even, even uh, certain things that have taken place in my life, I've seen God do tremendous things, you know, just in morning prayer. God showing me what I'm called to do, not even 20 years, even just called to do for that day. So tomorrow in morning prayer, get a notebook and write down, pull out your phone and write down what God is calling you to do that day. So we know that that's the first fish. The second fish is what you're created to do. The Bible says created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I mean, that's amazing when you think about the vastness of God, the creator of all the universe, who what? Made all the stars in the heavens. But God's even called us to do things. Before the foundations of the world were laid, God knew what you were going to do for his kingdom. Wow. I mean, Jesus is awesome. I mean, that's amazing. When you really think about that, God already created his plan for us in advance for us to do. All we have to do is walk in it. So the second fish is what you were created to do. Some people say, well, how do I know? I'll give you an example. I remember I was 18 years old, and I had my first opportunity to preach. And I was there, and I remember writing the sermon, being all excited, all happy. <laughs> my wife's laughing. I was all excited. I was all happy. And I remember I went up there, and I began to preach, and I felt like I was in my element. And it was probably the worst sermon ever. But man, I felt like a fish in water. I was here, there, and there. But it reminded me when I was a kid, I remember being eight years old and being in there in my dad's church and preaching to the chairs and preaching to my sisters. And I remember there praying for them and they would pretend they got slain in the spirit. They'd be falling down and thank you, Jesus. But I knew as an eight-year-old boy, this was my element. Then the first time I was 18, when I preached, I knew I was in my element. But you know what? That might not be your element. Your element might be you, you like to be a security guard. You like to protect people. You, you feel like you, you, you just feel that you love that. And you're called to usher. That's the calling that God, or maybe you, you want to you wanna be involved in helping the next generation, and you, you want to help out like in, in focus, or you want to help out in teen turnaround because you love, your, your, God has given you a unique story, and you want to bring restoration and encouragement. Maybe you, you want to help people in the tra caught in the trafficking system, young girls and young boys. We have, some, we, ha we have Celebrate Recovery here. We have Focus here. We have Team Turnaround here. We have a prison ministry here. We have every ministry that you can get involved in and step right into your element. Step right into where God has called you to do. But I remember that day preaching up there, and, and I knew right there 
I, what I was called to do. Right at that moment, God confirmed it to me. God will show you what he's called you to do. But whatever he's called you to do, there's one common thread that's found in it all. It's found in it all, okay? Whatever you're called to do, and it's this. Every Christian is called to be a servant. That's it. Every single Christian is called to be a servant. And if you want to do something great for God, you want to do something mighty for God, it's all, call, it's all caught into this of being a servant. The Bible says in Mark chapter 9, verse 35, if any man desires to be first, the same shall be the last of all, a servant of all. If anyone desires to be first, the same shall be last of all, a servant of all. The Bible says that awesome verse, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, and God had appointed some of the church, first apostles and secondary prophets and third teachers, and after that miracles and the gift of healing and helps. Everyone say helps. Everyone say helps. Government and diversity of tongues. So you say, well, what is helps? What is that verse, and why is it caught in there? What helps is it's a supernatural gift that God has given every single believer, and that is to help other people. That every single one of us today, today we can start serving God. Today we can start helping out in, in the, the body of Christ. And we're going to put up a slide today, and I love this slide, of, of the acronym for help. And it, the first one is this, helping Helping. We know we all need to help somebody out, even if it's opening the door or giving a cold glass of water or, you know, helping your wife at home. Enough. We need no enough. Enough. How many of you know that our God is Jehovah Jireh, the God of more than enough? The God of more than enough. That's the God that we serve. When Jesus had the five loaves and the two fish, there was enough for all those men to be satisfied. More than enough. The next one is this, loving. How many of us know we need to love others? Even those who maybe get under our skin, we need to love them. The next one is people. Helping enough loving people. The next one, this is the capper, serving. Helping is this. It's for us to begin helping. For us to what? Know that God is more than enough. For us to what? To be loving people serving that's what God has called us to do you say well pastor how do I do that well let me encourage you today today after service I challenge you to go up to someone you never talked to before and encourage them go up to a young person you never saw before you men go up to that young man encourage him talk to him befriend him and you think about when we came to Christ, what brought us in the house of God? There were certain people that talked to us, that befriended us, that encouraged us. And what happened? You and I, we got involved in serving. Why? Because others served us with their life and with their heart. Helping. Amen. God has called us to help. The ministry of helps is every Christian's calling. We are all called to help propel the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a, a, a something that there's spectators in. There's no spectators in the house of God. There's, well, there's not supposed to be. How many of you know you go to, you go to a, a game, there's spectators in there cheering them on. Go, 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 go. But then there's people on the court. 
There's people on the field. And that's what God has called us to do. He's called us to be on the field. He's called us to encourage others. He's called us to be helpers in his kingdom. This morning, have you helped someone today? This word in the Greek, it means to relieve someone's burden, to support them, to aid them, to participate with them, to partake with them. It requires participation. We know in the church, it's not a spectator sport, but the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, is what? Every single one of us are called to participate to see God do great and mighty things. You know, everything that goes on here in our church, it only takes place because of a team effort. God gives our pastor, our senior pastor, Pastor Salazar, a vision. He entrusts it to a team. That team begins to work together. That team begins to pray together. That team begins to fight together in a good way against the enemy. And God's able to what? Do the miraculous. The last point this morning is serving brings miracles in our lives. The Bible says in verse 17, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Verse 18, bringing them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people, and all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. That's awesome. This shows us an awesome principle, is that God multiplies what he places in our hand. If we could have the pianoists up here this morning. God multiplies what he places in our hand. This morning, look at your hands. God has placed something there. God has gifted you. You got something that I don't got. You have something unique that God's given you. That God has placed you here at this church. You're a piece of the puzzle. You're unique. Your calling is unique. And only you can fulfill that piece of God's puzzle here this morning. But looking at your hands, what do you have in your hands? The, the Bible says that Moses, that God came to Moses in the book of Exodus chapter 4 verse 2. He said, Moses, what do you have in your hands? And Moses said, I just got a, a staff. That's all I have, God. In the book of First Kings chapter 17, Elijah the prophet went to the widow of Zarephath. And he said, you, you need to feed me. She goes, she goes, sir, she goes, I only have a small jar of, 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 of flour and a small jar of oil I don't have a lot he says no feed me you think about the five stones of David that, that David had when he went to Goliath the giant the Bible says that he got five smooth stones five small stones were in his hand and all these that the five stones and the staff and, and, and the jar of oil and, and the jar of flour all these small things the five loaves, the two fish, all these small things, when they're placed in the hands of God, God multiplies them. 
God multiplies them for his kingdom. God multiplies them for his glory. God multiplies them for, for his, the advancement of the kingdom. God multiplies them that we can touch the next generation. That we can touch the next generation for his, for his glory and for his honor. Thinking about the five loaves that God has given you of your time. That God has given you of your experience. That God has given you even of your past failures. Thinking about all those loaves that God has given you. God didn't give you those loaves so you could just hold on to them. But God has given you those loaves so you could put them in the hands of Jesus and say, Jesus, here's my life, Lord. Do, God, what you want to do, God. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Do that miracle. You and I as believers, as Christians, God has called us to serve. What happens when we serve? Well, one of the awesome things that happens when we serve is that God multiplies his strength to us. That he gives us strength. Amen. How many of us know that God gives us strength when we're serving? The Bible says in Psalms 84 verse 7, it says, And they go from strength to strength till each appear before God in Zion. That means that God will take us from glory to glory. God will take us from strength to strength. God will take us from day to day. God will take us from month to month. God will take us from year to year. A lot of you, you're looking at your life going, man, God, that looks so big. But you know the good news is that God will take us every step of the way from glory to glory, from strength to strength until he leads us up to heaven hallelujah when God leads us up he's going to give us the strength that we need you might say pastor I am so tired though I'm so tired though keep on waiting on the Lord the Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord wait upon the Lord what does that mean to wait upon the Lord does that mean just go home and wait no that means to wait like a waiter would wait on you at a restaurant, like a waitress will wait on you at your favorite place to eat, that they're there to serve. They're there to make themselves available. They're there to serve, that you can be blessed, that you can be edified, that you can be satisfied. That's the waiting that God's talking about. You say, well, I've been waiting. God got a promise for you. The Bible says this. I love this. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will soar with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That is the God that we serve. 